He came to church with you. There's a lot of men that didn't. That's pretty incredible to me. So, fathers, we want to celebrate you. So, if you're here, if you are a man, now I'm calling 18 and up because if you're under 18, you're a young man. But if you're 18 and up, would you please stand and let us give you guys a big hand clap and round of applause for being so incredible. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning is our Mr. Incredibles. Because, you know what, a lot of times I put away, a lot of times, you know, when you come to church on Mother's Day and... Um, Everybody's like, oh, they love their mom, and we're so grateful for our moms. We, we want to thank them and tell how great they are, and they are. Moms are our moms are great, or winter amazing. But then usually on Father's Day, a lot of the messages turn around and go, you know what? Dad, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to do this. And I, you know, I just don't want to be one of those churches that beat our men up because of this. You've got your family in the house of God today, so my hat is off to you. You can be doing anything you want to do. That's already pretty incredible. I've got a couple shirts right here. Uh, Justin? They got to be a dad because they say dad. These aren't speaking in faith shirts. But find me three men that just look absolutely incredibly good looking this morning. All right. <laughs> Maybe I should have got Hannah for that. huh? Help him out, Hannah. We need three men that look absolutely incredibly good looking. Give them a good shirt. <laughs> she, she's trying to give him all the shirts, but he's not a dad. All right. <laughs> All right, I got, a, I got a devotion here. You know, I, I like to start my part of the service off because um, the Bible says wise men give gifts. And so if I don't do anything else in this service but make you think I'm wise right now, I'm going to pull this off. All right? How many of you guys, um, I got a devotion here called Walking with God. Who would like a devotional, a daily devotion? What man would like one that will help you walk with the Lord? I'm going to give that right there to you. You ready, sir? All right, now, I've got another one, Psychology. Any Duck Dynasty fans in here today that would like to get a... So I got, here you go, Justin. You can have that one. Praise God. Now, you know, this is Father's Day. This is Man Day. And I love it because it's one of the one services I get to dress however I want to. And so I didn't have to... You say, Craig, you dress however you want to every Sunday, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't even feel bad about not wearing a suit today. Sometimes I do. Easter morning, I always feel bad about it. But... but um, but I was shocked. I got up this morning and went to get dressed. Got dressed, come out of the room, and it aggravates me because, you know, I had planned all week what I was going to wear, and I kept it from Jennifer specifically because she's one of those couples that likes to color coordinate with people. You ever seen one of them couples that'll wear the same shirt ever together? And you're like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. If you're one of those couples, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's just cheesy. We make fun of you when you're not looking. Yeah, they wear the same shirt, or if it's other than a victory shirt. If you got a victory shirt, that's cool. But you know what I'm saying? They like you go to um, amusement park, and you you know they're a couple of dressed. And so Jennifer's always wanting to do that. She's always wanting to dress like me. And um, I told her, so I kept my ensemble today quiet, and I saw her pull her yellow shirt out. So I went as the stream opposite of yellow as I could. But then I walked out. I was loading the car up this morning. Come back in, and did y'all notice Jennifer put the same kind of shoes on I did this morning? <laughs> I was so aggravated because if I can't get away with the shirt, I, it's amazing. Check her out. When she comes back in here, look at her shoes. She wore the exact same color shoes I wore this morning. It doesn't fail. I, I'll put on my gold, glittery, sparkly diamond tennis shoes and come out of the house and she'll have hers on. It just aggravates me. We don't want to be one of them couples that look cheeky like that. But if you're one of those, we apologize. There are other churches <laughs> that uh, will wear a suit to church. I'm so proud. I'm a, I, so we said we we're going to announce the winners at the end of the service, but I want to go ahead and make mention of one. 
thank you men and women for coming so much today and supporting our godly men. But there's one I'm going to go on ahead and say because I'm going to ask you if you supported this man today to stand up. We gave away the boat this year. And, uh, man, it's a great boat. And there were so many men that wanted the boat. But this man really worked hard. This man brought 22 visitors today. And so, if you came here with Roger Smith, would you please stand up? We want to give you a hand clap. You ain't a visitor, boy. Your name better not be in here. <laughs> but if you're, give these guys a hand clap. They helped Roger win a boat. And so, Roger, you get to take it home. Now, the rule is this, though. Your 22 visitors got to help you get it out of the foyer. All right? So, you didn't know you had a job to do when you get out. But thank you, guys. I, I tell you, I promise you this. That man will put that boat to good use. All right. we, we didn't know what to name the boat. We were going to put a name on the back of the boat. But now that I know who won it, we're going to paint on the back misbehaving now when he gets out of here. Because I know when he's on that, that's what he's going to be doing. All right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. 25 fishing trips now, Raj. 25 fishing trips. You got to have your committed people to take. All right. <laughs> but I tell you, he, I don't know if you know, but when, when we had our fish fry, he had taken out, he went out and caught 400 pounds of fish for us to be able to fry fish. And now he's got a boat. That's what he said. He said, I can put a lot of fish in this boat. So I'm so proud that Roger got it. We're not going to, it's not going to be a long message today because it's Father's Day. And men like things short and sweet and to the point. And so that's what we're going to try to do. And we are going to be preaching today off the topic of um, Mr. Incredible because Inside of each and every one of you in here today, whether you know it or not, God has put an unbelievable, incredible design, plan, and destiny for you. You know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, in about five different places, the word superhero or super being was used to uh, describe the disciples that followed Jesus. You were created, I'm just telling you, man, to be a superhero. And there's a superhero on the inside of you this morning. And over the next few minutes, I want to try to maybe awaken him. Because this is not supposed to be an ordinary life for you. God didn't put you here to draw a paycheck, work all day and go home and just live an ordinary life. God put you here for you to live a supernatural life, not a natural. We talked last week about the scripture that says that don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, meaning there is a pattern that the world lives by, and that is a natural pattern. But it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You were put here to live a supernatural, amazing adventure. God has put it in you. Those desires. Do you know why men get in so much trouble for doing the things they do? Because God put inside of each one of them the spirit of adventure and just ordinary life will not do for them god made us and with the way i know the bible says god made us in his image and so when you know, so there's a lot of times when jennifer leaves the house she'll go to work and i'll be the one taking the kids to school or something like that and she'll call back and say now cricket don't do nothing stupid on your way to school today because she knows that there's man in me and sometimes i think it's funny to do things that she don't think is very funny and so a lot of times I get myself in trouble. Like I was at Walmart shopping the other day and um, she called and said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm at Walmart. I'm getting groceries and stuff. She says, well, let me talk to the girls. I said, they're at the house. 
And she said, what? They're at the house. You left our kids alone at the house? And I said, they're three and six now. They're old enough to watch themselves. And uh, they're not three and six. They're, we got one eleven and one eight now. And our house is like a mile from Walmart. So I was only gone 15 minutes, but I didn't want to. But I got chewed out for two days for leaving them at the house. But I got to be honest with you. You know, I didn't leave them because I don't like them running around with me. I love to take them to Walmart. I spoil my children. This is the rule of my house. As long as you serve the Lord, daddy's going to spoil the fire out of you. You quit serving the Lord, you're on your own. And so I take them to Walmart and I go, I go down the clearance hall every time I go to Walmart with my girls because I let them pick anything that's under a dollar. And so I spoil them kids. I used to could take them to Dollar Tree. But now they say, Daddy, Dollar Tree, all the toys are junk in there. So it don't work anymore. They wised up a little bit. But I do that because that's what my heavenly father does. He spoils the fire out of me. He is so good to me. You can look at my wife and look at my three kids and you say, man, how in the world? Did it? I didn't. It's by God. And I'm here to tell you, man, that if you're here this morning... And you want to, if maybe you never knew your dad, or maybe your dad wasn't such a good guy, or maybe he made a lot of mistakes, or maybe he did everything he could do, and you still feel like, I'm here to tell you, you still got a father that's a good, good father. And he will spoil the fire out of you. Because it's amazing how good God is to me. Now, I say, I'm, I'm going to jump into things before we get into Mr. Incredible, but um, it's amazing the uses you can find from things that you didn't even know existed. And that's what I want to awaken in you today. The supernatural life that God has for you, that God put inside of you. Now, how many of you guys have ever heard me tell the joke? I tell it all the time. When God created Adam, it says he put him in the garden. And then he looked and it says he saw that Adam was good. But then he said, it's not good to leave man alone. So he had to give him a babysitter. How many of you guys have heard me say that? And I believe that to be true about a lot of men and me mostly, most of the time. But as I was reading through getting ready for today, I felt like the Lord spoke to me something that I'd never seen before. And this is what it said. Before God gave him a babysitter, the Bible says that God made man in his image. And then this is what it said, though. It says that we were made God-like. We were made men. We were made God-like. And all of a sudden, what awoken on the inside of me like never before, we didn't need a babysitter. What we needed was the same thing God needed. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and there was Him. But He needed relationship. So He made us. And we didn't need a babysitter, feel like the Lord told me. What we need is we need relationship because it brings purpose into our lives. Men, you're not supposed to be incredible all for yourself. You're supposed to be an incredible husband, a credible father, an incredible employee, an incredible church member, an incredible minister. You are here for others. And that's what makes you incredible. And if you will connect your life into the purpose that God made it, we didn't need them. They needed us. God didn't need us. He wanted us. We were made in His image. We were made perfect. Now, we made some mistakes along the way, and we found ourselves where we are now. But I want to talk about some unique things with some unique purposes. Because, guys, there's purposes in you today. I want to awake. But before I do, I draw the breath. How many of you guys use WD-40 around the house on your fishing rods, on your door? Man, it is amazing what this stuff is. Now, real quick, pop quiz. Anybody know what WD-40 stands for? 
water displacement, 40. Two people, Mark and Makiba, knew what that water displacement, 40. In other words, it took them 40 tries to get this right. That's how it got the number 40 on it. It was the 40th experiment. But it is amazing what this is. And it was created to displace water. Therefore, the WD, water displacement, and it's their 40th formula. And that it took them 40 times to get it right. You know how many times it took God to get you right? Just one. But, you know, amazing as this stuff right here is, is I've always used it on my fishing reels. I've always used it on doors that squeak. I've used it on my chainsaw chains to get the rust to come off. But, you know, there are 25 unusual uses for WD-40. Can I read some of them to you? And I tell you, women, this will change even your perspective of this because I, that not only will this be a man tool, this is going to become your tool as well. Right, he says, number one, it can remove tar, sap, or bird poop from the car or truck exterior. Years, all right? So that's amazing. I never thought about squirting that on my car. But I've spent a lot of money on getting bar, uh, tar and bug remover at Walmart to try to get it off. How many of you guys have done that? Hey, I had it here all along. All right, number two, shines the leaves on artificial plants. Isn't that cool? Kind of makes sense, though, because anything I get it on makes it greasy. But all right, this was a cool one. This found a new purpose at my house. It removes crayons and markers off your walls at your house. Isn't that cool? Tell you what, I'm going to be walking around my living room tomorrow, getting it all off, because it's all of Jennifer will not quit crawling on the walls. All right. It says, helps clean gunk and scuff marks off of ceramic floors. That's pretty cool, all right. Shines and removes fingerprints from stainless steel appliances. That's pretty good. Lubricates squeaky drawers. Well, we knew that. Keeps garden tools rust-free. That's what I use it for at my house. Removes ink from carpet, leather, and other fabrics. That's pretty cool. I think I'd be squirting my car down. All right. Helps remove adhesive from price tags. I buy that gook remover. How many of you guys buy a gook remover? I don't got to buy it no more. I learned something new today, all right? It lubricates your DIY tools for, pre- for, for preventing saw blades and tools from rusting. That's what I already used for. Shines glasses on shower doors. It shines glass shower doors. I, I, I had a problem. That's amazing. If you had a glass shower door, this is what they, you can use to shine it. Removes gum from the walls, concrete, shoes, floors, or even your hair. There's been a lot of peanut butter going in my girl's hair over the years. Now they're going to smell like WD-40. Right? It coats outside pipes during winter to help prevent freezing and damaging your pipes busting. That's pretty cool. I'll be doing that one. Removes wax from vinyl surfaces. Cool. Cleans gunk from things like bases of toilet bowls or towel grout. It says it helps camouflage scratches on linoleum, ceramic towel, or countertops. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So um, this is one of my favorite. It will clean scuff marks off of tennis shoes. I have never tried that. And I have, I, I, I'm a shoe guy now. I used to not be, but I am. And you don't know how many hours I got toothbrushes and I'm working my shoes over. I'm going to have a can of this in my shoe cleaning drawer now, all right? It, it cleans and softens paintbrushes, loosens stubborn zippers, and it keeps bugs at bay. Spray WD-40 on window sills, etc., to keep spiders and bugs out. Spiders won't want to walk across a WD-40. That's amazing stuff. I haven't been getting any of the potential that WD-40 has in it out of this can working in my life. 
it's amazing that, like I say, I have, I probably got, if you go to my house, seven to ten bottles of this somewhere because if I'm in Walmart, I usually say, oh, I need a can of WD-40 just to work on fishing rods or just to work. But now, I, it just blew my mind that all these years, all these hidden purposes and principles, you know, if you're having, one of the things I read last week was, you know, toilet bowls, the stain around toilet bowls in the toilet, you can spray this in your toilet bowl, it takes the stains off of the toilet. I've spent fortune buying, trying to buy stuff to do that in homes before. It is amazing. What I'm saying this is, man, this is WD-40, and it has unbelievable hidden purposes and uses that I had no idea were there. You have no idea how many hidden purposes and uses God put on the inside of you that you have never begun to reveal. But tonight, today, over the next few minutes, I want to try to release them this morning that maybe you can get a glimpse. And when you walk out of here, you may not can remember them all, but when you walk out of here, if you can just use it, use your life in one new way, it'll change the way you're able to affect this world. Amen? So, anybody need a can of WD-40? <laughs> she, Brenda threw her in. I'm going to throw it off. These one right there. Kenneth don't got but one shoe. You don't got that much cleaning to do, right? <laughs> well, we're jumping into Mr. Incredible. The premise, I don't know if you got kids. Some of you may not, but the premise behind Mr. Incredible, Walt Disney put this movie out a few years ago, and it was about a man with supernatural, super ability that he was actually a superhero. But he found himself living in a society that had moved away from superhero things. So he finds himself, when we kick off in the movie, trying to live an ordinary job, try to do an ordinary thing, trying to be an ordinary person, and they're trying to squish the potential that they have on the inside of him, and he ends up miserable. I'm going to let you see it real quick. Go ahead. Denied? You're denying my claim? I don't understand. I have full coverage. I'm sorry, Mrs. Hoganson, but our liability is spelled out in paragraph 17. It states clearly. Pay for this. Excuse me. Claims, Bob Parr. I'm calling to celebrate a momentous occasion. We are now officially moved in. Yeah, well, that's great, honey. And the last three years don't count because... Because I finally unpacked the last box. Now it's official. Ha, ha, ha. Why do we have so much junk? Listen, honey, I've got a quiet... Say no more. Go save the world one policy at a time, honey. Oh, I gotta go pick up the kids from school. See you tonight. Bye, honey. Excuse me. Where were we? I'm on a fixed income. And if you can't help me, I don't know what I'll do. All right, listen closely. I'd like to help you, but I can't. I'd like to tell you to take a copy of your policy to Norma Wilcox on... Norma Wilcox, W-I-L-C-O-X, on the third floor, but I can't. I also do not advise you to fill out and file a WS-2475 form with our legal department on the second floor. I would not expect someone to get back to you quickly to resolve the matter. I'd like to help. But there's nothing I can do. Oh, hey, Shh. man. I'm sorry, ma'am. I know you're upset. Pretend to be upset. <laughs> you authorized payment on the worker policy? Someone broke into their house, Mr. Huff. Their policy clearly covers I, them against... I don't want to know about their coverage, Bob. Don't tell me about their coverage. Tell me how you're keeping insurecare in the black. Tell me how that's possible with you writing checks to every Harry Hardluck and Sally Sob story that gives you a phone call!
living a life that's way beneath your potential or your ability. Truth is, most of us do that. Most men get so concerned or get so focused on just trying to exist, just trying to get through, just trying to get by, just trying to support and provide a way for their family. I'm here to tell you, you're missing out on the greatest potential your life could have. There are such abilities on the inside of you. The Bible says this. The Bible says that he created you. And before he created you, he created your innermost beings. He says he knew you before you were born. You were perfectly designed and made for a purpose and a task. And everything you need to do in your life, you have the ability put on the inside of you. The Bible says this. The Bible says that God put eternity in every man's heart. What that means is God has put a supernatural part of you on the inside. Now the problem with it is because we live in a world that tries to disconnect us from being supernatural beings, we try to try to put us in a world of being natural beings, we find ourselves trying to live a natural life. And when you try to live a natural life because you were not created to be a natural person, you were created to be a supernatural. Let me stop just a minute. Because I missed something else. I wanted to celebrate a dad. We've got, uh, what a great dad. I know I'm ADD, I'm sorry. But we've got a dad. First of all, give Miss Kay a a big hand. All three of her sons are in church here today. That's awesome. On top of that, though, where's Dietrich? Right there. Dietrich's daughter. He hadn't seen her in 19 years. Now, are you the daughter? Stand up. She gets to come and meet Dietrich after 19 years on Father's Day. What a Father's Day present. Stand up, Dietrich. Man, what an awesome gift. I'm sorry I blew it. And they, uh, they were waiting out back. I was supposed to do this right when I got up, but I, I'm so ADD. But thank you. I can't imagine a greater Father's Day present than his beautiful daughter. And you are beautiful. And is that your baby? Your granddaughter, too, sitting in church with you. Man, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. You guys going to be... I love this. This is what I mean. See, Dietrich came in with this, what, about eight months ago? And he came in and visited. But then he came back and visited again. And he kept visiting for a little bit. But then all of a sudden, he moved out of visiting and started getting involved. He started up in the sound booth. And when he started up in the sound booth, then y'all saw him move to the stage. And I'm here to proclaim this too. His dad's here too for the first time to be with us. Man, this is what I'm talking about. See, a lot of times we get so caught up in living a natural life. And anyone I've ever met that tries to live a natural life, they end up like what we just saw Bob doing. Bob was going to work, getting a paycheck, because that's what society told him he had to do. But there was no passion. There was no life. There was no adventure. And he was flat out miserable. You say, well, Cricket, that's a cartoon. Let me explain to you how it's not a cartoon. I've been doing this a little while now. I'm be 45 this year. I was a licensed minister at the age of 20, so for 25 years now, I've carried a minister's license. And over the last 25 years, I haven't met very many bad people, but I have met a lot of people 
that were trying to, because God made them in his image, a lot of men that are made to be in the image of God, but they're trying to live a natural life. And because a natural life will never bring you the fulfillment that your supernatural connection will bring you, I find men over the years, and they're not bad people, but I find men that have gotten themselves addicted to alcohol, or addicted to drugs, or addicted to pornography, or addicted to relationships, or addicted to hunting, or fishing, or sports, because what they're doing is because they're living a natural life and it brings no joy. It just brings regret. It just brings dread. It brings hardship. What happens is they look for that source of life that I'm here to tell you, men, only God can bring. Because see, you were made to be supernatural. You were made incredible. But if you take an incredible superhero and you put him in an atmosphere that he does not have he wasn't born to be in you'll find a superhero that is looking for any way to live a life that only God can give him here to tell you there's not bad men there's men that haven't found out where their life comes from see just some of you being here there's some of you that are here today that haven't been here in a long time or been in church in a long time. It's not your lifestyle. Your lifestyle has been the 9 to 5. Or really now it's, you know, the 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. And you're working nonstop just to try to think, make things make. And your life is so unfulfilled and so happy. You just get up every day trying to make ends meet. And then after a season of time, you get to a point and think, I'm just going to go do what I want to because if I'm not going to have fun anyway, I just might as well find a day to get away and enjoy. And then we build regrets. Because you weren't made to live those kind of days. You were made to live incredible. And that's why that some of you in here this morning, maybe you hadn't been in a church in a while, but just sitting in here over the last, you may not be enjoying this part, but up to this point you've enjoyed because you have been in the presence of God. Church is where the presence of God sits. And the Bible says that in where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. We sing these songs because the Bible says God inhabits the praise of those people. We just don't get together to talk and hang out. We get together because we are in desperate need for a connection with the supernatural. God is in this room. And just by a show of hands, so you don't think you're weird, how many of you guys have enjoyed, you just had this sense of good feeling over the last 30 minutes while you've been in these songs? Even if you participate or not, you're just like, man, this is cool. Hey, you know what that was? I'm here to tell you. I'll explain this to you. You're in the presence of God. And because you're a supernatural being, you connecting yourself to the supernatural source, the presence of God, what happens is fulfillment begins to come in. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. You will walk out of here and you will decide whether or not you're going to let this supernatural experience change you in any way or if it's going to change the way you've been living. And that's up to you. But at least you'll know what to do by the end of this service, whether or not you want your life to begin to be more and more fulfilled or you want it to stay the way it is. Because you're incredible. The problem with being an incredible being is you have to be connected to the source that made you incredible because that's where the life flow comes. But what happens a lot of times is we don't. And when you don't, when you don't understand where that life fulfillment comes from, you find yourselves in places in life where you end up acting in ways that you wouldn't want to or you're not proud of. Here's a clip I'll show you. Bob did the same thing. Request plane on twin number 158183. Mr. Huff would like to talk to you in his office. Mm. Now. 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 Now.
Sit down, Bob. I'm not happy, Bob. Not happy. Ask me why. Okay. Why? Why what? Be specific, Bob. Why are you unhappy? Your customers make me unhappy. What? You've gotten complaints? Complaints I can handle. What I can't handle is your customers' inexplicable knowledge of insurance in our workings. They're experts. Experts, Bob. Exploiting every loophole. Dodging every obstacle. They're penetrating the bureaucracy. Did I do something illegal? No. Are you saying we shouldn't help our customers? The law requires that I answer no. We're supposed to help people. We're supposed to help our people, starting with our stockholders, Bob. Who's helping them out, huh? You know, Bob, a company is like an enormous clock. Is like an enormous clock. Yes, precisely. It only works if all the little cogs mesh together. Now, a clock needs to be cleaned, well lubricated, and wound tight. The best clocks have jewel movements, cogs that fit, that cooperate by design. <laughs> I'm being metaphorical, Bob. You know what I mean by cooperative cogs? Bob? Bob? Look at me when I'm talking to you, Bob! That man out there, he needs help. Do not change the subject, Bob. We're discussing your He attitude. is getting mugged. Well, let's hope we don't cover him. I'll be right back. Stop right now, or you're fired! the door. Get over here now. I'm not happy, Bob. Not happy. He got away. Good thing, too. <laughs> you were this close to losing your... I don't know if you've had that experience. Maybe it wasn't hitting your boss, but maybe it was hitting the bottle. Maybe it was hitting the club. Maybe it was hitting the relationship. Maybe it was hitting something. But because you weren't fulfilled in what life was offering you, something inside of you boils up hunger to be what you were created to be. And because you're not connected to that purpose, something explodes or acts out on the inside of you. Well, maybe it's not career. You know, a lot of times people's like, well, you know, a lot of times in my life I look back and it's like, I wanted my careers to do it. And I could never find my fulfillment in careers because I couldn't get what God could give me. But maybe career's not important to you. Maybe you don't mind going to work because uh, you've got a loving wife and kids at home that you love being with. I'm here to tell you. You were called to be supernatural at home too. Wasn't supernatural just in the business world or in your career or God's called you to be a supernatural hero at home. And a lot of times you need to know the problems at home don't start at home. They start supernaturally. And if there you're living in a home where there is no peace, men, the Bible says a thief cannot come into a house and rob unless he first binds the strong man. He has to go through the man first. Because when a man is not connected to what he was created to be connected to, he can't be as incredible as God put him here to be because he's trying to find the fulfillment. And even family will break down when you're not connected to the incredible. 
Here's a great example. Bob found that one out too. I thought you'd be back by 11. I said I'd be back later. I assumed you'd be back later. If you came back at all, you'd be back later. Well, I'm back. Okay. Is this rubble? It was just a little workout. Just stay loose. You know how I feel about that, Bob. Darn you, we can't blow cover again. The building was coming down anyway. I, what? It, <sighs> you knocked down a building? It was on fire, structurally unsound. It was coming down anyway. Tell me you haven't been listening to the police scanner again. Look, I performed a public service. You act like that's a bad thing. It is a bad thing, Bob. Uprooting our family again so you can relive the glory days is a very bad thing. Reliving the glory days is better than acting like they didn't happen. Yes, they happened. But this, our family, is what's happening now, Bob. And you are missing this. I can't believe you don't want to go to your own son's graduation. It's not a graduation. He is moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. It's a ceremony. It's psychotic. They keep creating new ways to celebrate mediocrity. But if someone is genuinely exceptional, This is then not they... about you, Bob. This is about Dash. You want to do something for Dash? Then let him actually compete. Let him go out for sports. I will not be made the enemy here. You know why we can't do that. Because it'd be great. This is not about you! All right, Dash. I know you're listening. Come on out. Bye. You too, young lady. Come on. Come on out. It's okay, kids. We're just having a discussion. Pretty loud discussion. Yeah, but that's okay. Because what's important is that Mommy and I are always a team. We're always united against uh, the forces of... Uh, Pig-headedness? Yeah, I was going to say evil or something. We're sorry we woke you. Everything's okay. Go back to bed. It's late. Night, Mom. Night, Dad. Night. In fact, we should all be in bed. See, when God created man, he said the only thing missing was the family relationship. But he didn't give you the family relationship for that to bring the fulfillment into you. And if you try to just let that be your fulfillment in your life, you will find yourself in a living room just like that multiple nights. Because men, you are called to be the head of the home. That doesn't mean the boss. What that means is the one that steps out first. And if you're living a mediocre life, everybody underneath you in your home will live a mediocre life. You were not called to live mediocre. You were called mediocrity. <laughs> you were called to live incredible. You are an incredible being God created in his likeness. And he put inside of you a spirit that must be connected to the spirit that created you for fulfillment to come. And for you to be empowered by the supernatural to accomplish what he put you here to do. And if you try to do that naturally... You'll spend your whole life unfulfilled and looking for natural ways to fill that void. But there is a way to do it. There is a way for you to release the, the champion that's inside, to release the superhero that puts you here. But I'm going to be honest with you, it's not natural to do it. It will take you choosing to be supernatural. Things for Bob didn't stay the same. Over the next course of this movie, Bob figured out what it was he needed to do. And he began to do it. And his life began to turn around. We got a clip right here and you're going to see. He began to go and take the steps it was going to take 
for him to become what God had made him to be. how he did that now Cody we get on the drums where's Cody we jump on the drums I got anybody want to do some push ups anyway, Justin you're at the gym working out <laughs> come on come on up here Justin come on somebody else want to do some push ups you want to do some push ups now you, you this intimidates me <laughs> come on up here alright you get here and you get here now I need somebody to count for Justin now wait wait how many push ups do you think you can do he said 10. <laughs> How many can you do? Um, 30. 30. All right. Good bar. He set the bar. We're going to try to do at least 30. Don't get ready yet. Will you count for him? All right. Will you count for him? All right. I'm going to play too. All right. So I need somebody to count for me. Now, Cody, what I need you to do is get us a good base push-up rhythm going. All right. And I need, we're going to try to get at least 30. All right. So get us out. I need you guys clapping on the beach so it'll help us keep our pattern. All right, now I'm going to say go. Or Jennifer's going to say go. Come on, baby. She's going to say go. Who's going to count for me? Are you going to count for me? All right, y'all ready? On your mark. <laughs> get set. Go. Keep going, guys. Y'all got it. Come on. You're almost there. Oh, yeah. Woo. All right. Let's give him a hand clap. Woo. I barely made third. Now, don't go anywhere, don't we? Awesome, man. Man, you make young looking good. <laughs> I say this. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. It doesn't matter if he beat us all. Doesn't matter if he got more than anybody else. What it matters is these two guys were willing to walk up here and try. And I got to be honest with you. I'm way older than these two boys. They, got, they still got muscle. <laughs> I got flab. I was picking up a lot more flab. I, I start strong and end weak every time. All right, but I was willing. Give these guys a big hand clap real quick. This is the secret. 
It's not if you can do what you think you can do. It's if you're willing to try to do what God's called you to do. Because that's what it takes to be supernatural. To be supernatural is not to get it right. I'm here to tell you. You know me things in life? I didn't know I could get 20. <laughs> and I did. I hit a brick wall. Today. But you know me things in life that I think I can do and I fail at miserably? Or you know me things in life I go after and I try with good intentions but mess them up all the time? I'm here to tell you, what makes a person and a man incredible is not that he does not live without mistakes or failures. It's that he's willing to get up and get on the line and willing to do everything he can do and step toward what God put him here to be. Just you showing up today is a huge deal. You showing up today is proven that you are incredible and you have on the inside of you what it takes to be incredible. Because Mr. Incredible, it may not, he may not know what he can do, but he's willing to show up and let God do whatever he wants to do through him. Number one, how do you begin to take a step to be as incredible as God makes you? You try. Now, me and my girls have this fight all the time. How many of you guys are Star Wars fans? And Yoda says this, try is not a thing. How does he say it? I'm not a good... To, there is no try. Do or don't do. There is no try. When it comes to supernatural things, I'm here to tell you, there is a try. It means you just showing up. Because if you'll show up, God will too. And what you couldn't do, God can do through you. And so if you want to be a supernatural, say, cricket, I, I, I got all these issues. I don't care what issues you got. You do what you know to do and you just keep trying. You get in a good church. You get in your Bible, you pray, and you ask, I don't know how to pray. Just start talking to him. If you're tired of living a natural life, then you're going to have to try to live a supernatural life. That means you're going to have to try to do supernatural things. Supernatural things are read your word, pray, come to church, do things for other people. Bob's life began to turn around when he quit living for Bob, and he quit living for, when he started living for others, and he started doing what he could do. And the more you do what you can do, the stronger you get to begin to do what you couldn't. If you want to be supernatural, you have to try, number one. Next thing it's going to take is it's going to take, well, let me, let me, let's go. Some people say, well, Cricket, you're preaching out of a cartoon. Let's go out of the Bible. There was a man named, man named Gideon. They had a horrible past. And I'm here to tell you, God does not care about your past. Let me tell you what God cares about this moment and on. We get concerned about this moment and behind. Paul said this one thing I have to do. I have to let go of what's behind me. And I press forward to what's ahead. Listen, I don't care if you've been a 50-year alcoholic. I don't care if you've been the worst cusser, the worst bar fighter in the back. What you decide to do right now and for the rest of your life will determine how God can use you to be supernatural. There is no past that has ever disqualified a man from being supernatural in the eyes of God. But it did take a moment where the guy recognized this is a God moment. This is a supernatural moment that I'm going to step past what I've always been and allow God to make me something that I've never been able to be. It takes that one moment. Gideon said, the angel of the Lord showed up and said, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said, oh no, you don't know what family I'm from and how low we are and how scared I am and the mistakes we've made. And God said, I don't care about those. 
God does not focus on your past. God focuses on your future. And if you will begin to look at your life the way God looks at it and sees what he's wanting to do in you and use through you tomorrow and the next day and the next day, you don't even got time to look back at where you blew it yesterday. Get your eyes off what you've been. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's a supernatural thing. Because natural people will try to keep trying to tell you, you are what you've always been. I'm here to tell you, I'm not what I've always been. I'm not even what I was yesterday. Because I've been in the presence of the God last night. I've been in the presence of God this morning. And I'm nothing like what I used to be. You may still call me that, but that's not what God calls me. God calls me what I am and where I'm going. And that's what matters. It does not matter where I came from. I'm here to tell you, I don't care how mundane or bad your past has been. Your future is going to be incredible. Number one, it takes you not being what you've always been and you deciding today that tomorrow is going to be different. Next thing is, it's going to take another part and it's going to take number two, it's going to take the right people. You can't run with the wrong people and be what God's called you to be. Relationships have the power of releasing supernatural in your life. The Bible says bad companions corrupt good manners. Another translation says, the wrong people will corrupt the future that God has for you. Your friends matter. That's why at the Victory Church, we're, 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 in count, we're focusing in on this year, knowing God, not knowing your past. Knowing God and not knowing where you've been or where you came from. God will use that, but we don't care. We're a group of people that have all come out of hell. And God has put our life back together. And so we don't want to connect with you on a common past. We want to connect with you on a common future. And that's putting our life in God's hands. Number one, we're going to know God. Number two, we're going to find freedom. Because we're not going to live the same way we lived for the last 20 years. We know that God whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We're going to live differently than we've ever been. Man, you can be different. You can be different. You say, well, Cricket, how? The way you walk in freedom is you walk with people that are free. And that's what we believe in this church is we will help people find freedom through the relationships you'll build in the kingdom of God. You know, if I walk around with skunks, I'm going to smell like a skunk. If I walk around with pretty good good looking smelling women, guess what I'm going to smell like? The people you run with change the way you are. And so what I'm telling you is this. If you're here today and you say, I'm willing to let God do it. I'll show up. Next thing you got to do is you got to realize you need people. David in the Bible, we know him as a giant killer. As a matter of fact, he became famous for being the one that walked down the hill and killing a giant that everybody else was scared to kill. Do you know if you read a little bit further in the book of Samuel, you find David one day was fighting a giant that he could not kill. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the giant backed him into a corner. And it says, and just before the giant killed him, it says his friend Abishai stepped in between him and the giant. And Abishai, because David did not have the strength that day to kill a giant like he had in the past, Abishai had the power that day to stand between him and death or him and destruction. And Abishai fought that giant and killed that giant. And David lived on as a giant killer. Just because you have a bad day don't mean you're not a giant killer. Just because you have a bad day doesn't mean you're not a godly man. But you better make sure you got godly friends on them bad days so that if a giant's stepping in to take your marriage or your kids or your job, you got somebody that'll fight. Even Bob knew that. That's why when he got ready to step into his destiny, he had to go find Mr. Freeze. We'll see it right here.
right. We look like bad guys. Get top bad guys. I said freeze! I'm just getting a drink. Alright, had your drink. Now, I want I you know, to. I know. Freeze. Officers! I'm so thankful that I've got some men that know on a tough day or we're going through a hard situation that they need to get, a, get themselves full of the Holy Spirit and help me get through what I'm going through. And there'll be days that you'll need me and there's days I need you. If you're going to be incredible, you better get yourself with men that have made the decision to be incredible too. You were not made to live life alone. You were created to live life on purpose with those that are living on purpose. So one, you've got to be willing to show up. Two, you've got to be willing to do what you can. Three, you better get with people that are doing the same thing. So they can go to the same places and you can be incredible together. But then, lastly, you know the Bible says that one of the most incredible men in the Bible was one that life did not turn out so good for when you read the story of it. His name was Joseph. Life started off good. He was daddy's favorite. And then all of a sudden he woke up and because he had blessing on his life, his brothers hated him. And so they put him in a pit and family problems. You know how those are. Every family's got them. And broken relationships. And all of a sudden here we find Joseph now living in a life of, of, of slavery. And he did everything right. I'm here to tell you there are going to be moments in your life that you're going to show up. You're going to grow up. You're going to be what God's called you to be. And you're going to have men with you willing to walk through it. And still things are going to go wrong. But that will not keep you from being incredible in unincredible situations. As a matter of fact, Joseph did everything right. And when he did everything right, he found himself in a prison. Because you need to understand, this life ain't about you. You were put here to be an answer to this life. And if you will be able to trust what God is doing, you'll be able to trust what God can do. You'll find yourself sometimes in situations that you don't even understand how you got there because you didn't deserve to get there anyway. But God allowed you to get there because God wants to use you to reach back in the pits of hell and pull out those that were left behind. Joseph was able to be incredible, not because of circumstances were good in his life. Joseph was able to be incredible because he allowed integrity to keep in his life even though circumstances got bad. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's going to, if you're going to be incredible, you're going to have to get some backbone. There's been times that I got and found myself in situations that I should have done what's right. But I was too weak to do those things and I failed miserably. But I made the decision after I failed enough that something in me has got to change. I got to get to know God more. Because the more you know about Him, the less you will find yourself doubting. And I've decided I know Him too much. I'm not going to trust in what I can do anymore, but I'm going to trust in what he can do. And the worse things get, the Bible says, the better God gets. 
When I'm the weakest, he's the strongest. And if I will keep myself surrounded with men that are serving and loving and going after the things of God, if I will show up when I'm supposed to show up, I may not can Hey! How are you? We've missed you. Good to have you home, Miss Brenda. So she, she, she just flying through and stopped through. Well, welcome home. Happy Father's Day here. <laughs> but, but you show up, you grow up, you get men with you. And then what God does is he releases in you. Now, Joe, look at me real quick. How many clips I got left too? One. I got to tell you why it's so important, men, that you do this. Because, see, what we're doing is we're building a legacy. Whether you know it or not. There's going to be a day you're not going to be here anymore. And what you did here is going to be left whether you want it to be or not. And there's going to be a legacy built of what a man looks like when he fails. But there's going to be a legacy built what a man looks like when he succeeds. You're going to go through good times and you're going to go through bad times. But you need to understand the power of legacy. Because the way you live now, even when you're long and gone, will continue to affect those that you love. I got to be honest with you. I appreciate a dad in my life that did not focus in on money my whole life. Because he could have took bigger churches and went after bigger church, bigger salaries and things like that. And left a what you would call a financial inheritance in our life. But I'm here to tell you he doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, I make more money in my life because of the situations that me and Jen have in business than my father does. He could make as much as he wants to. He pastors one of the largest churches in South Arkansas with all the connections. He chose it because he didn't focus in on leaving a monetary legacy. But I'm telling you, no matter what amount of money he could ever leave me, I wouldn't trade it for the spiritual legacy that he has left me. Because you need to understand, there'll be a day that my dad won't be here. But what will be here is the lessons that he taught me that cricket when hell is against you, you can get on your knees and heaven will be for you. He'll teach you. Yeah, he left me legacies that says when nothing is going right, it's an opportunity for God to come. God does his best work at night. God can see in the dark. God has, I'm so thankful for the spiritual legacy that he left me. I say that to say this. You're leaving a legacy. Whether you agree to it or not, I mean, if you want to leave money, Statistics say money by the third generation is gone because they didn't learn how to earn it on their own. So if you want to leave money in two generations, what you've done is going to be gone. If you want to leave reputation to be in the baddest bar fighter in town, the next young guy that comes in that can hit harder than you, your legacy will be gone. If you want to come in and be the guy that could take more shots sitting at the bar than any other shot guy at the bar, if you want to be that guy and that's the legacy you want to leave, there's going to be somebody else after you're long gone that can drink a little bit more than you can and still stand on his feet and be just as ignorant as you were. And then there'll be you if you want to leave the legacy of being the roughest, toughest physical worker at the job, I want you to know there will. You saw it up here. (laughs) There was a day. I couldn't have got a woman like that, that I had a six-pack and I had them, uh, but I don't have it anymore. There's a day. I'm so glad we have godly men that, you know what I'm saying, are, are coming up with more strength and energy than we got. There will be a day you're not going to be the best. I'm just here to tell you that. But it doesn't mean you won't be incredible. Because you need to know there's a legacy being left. And if you will choose that your legacy is going to be supernatural... And you're not going to try to worry about leaving a natural legacy, then the ones you leave behind, their life will be changed. I will show it to you this way. You're either breaking what you came from or you're passing on what you came from. How many of you guys ever wondered why David was never called into the house when, this, when Samuel showed up to anoint? 
You ever struck that weird? I mean, I got three kids. I don't have a favorite, although I tell each one of them when the other one's on around, you're my favorite. Um, but if, if someone called and said, as a matter of fact, we, the other night, you know, uh, we, I used to work for Brother Jesse Duplantis, and he, um, my girl, I didn't know Jen or the girls then. As a matter of fact, when I met Jen's, when I quit working for him, because she's way better looking. And so, um, if I was going to travel around with somebody, it was going to be her. And so, I, I had years and got to walk and talk to Brother Jesse, who's my friend, well, the girls the other day. He was in um, Foley, Alabama. And the girls have seen him on TV and love him on TV. And they said, Dad, we want to go meet him. Do you still know him? I said, well, baby, I haven't talked to him in a while, but let's go. So, we went to the Jesse to plan a service. And um, when he was down there, and after service, I knew the road guys because they were my friends. And so, one of them's name Roy. He's like, hey, they're going to be ushering him out this back door. Why don't you take your girls over there and let the girls meet him? So we did, we, they let, we let the security guys take us over to the door that they were coming out. And when Jesse and Kathy came out, man, they were so gracious to me. But then they stopped and Jesse got down on my girl's level and introduced himself to each one and just, it blew their minds. You know what I'm saying? Jesse getting to meet us. It was really, really cool. Saying that to say this, you know, there's going to be a day that I'm going to be gone. And the legacy, though, that I live will continue on. And it's more important that I choose to be incredible now because it will leave an incredible impression. David, the Bible said this. There was, there was, I wasn't, when Jesse got there, I didn't say, all right, Jesse, this is my favorite daughter. This is my second favorite. This one you don't have to worry about. I pushed all three of them up in his face. Because David, the Bible says when Samuel came to David's house, there were seven. Six of them, the dad called six of them up and let Samuel meet the six. Why did he leave David in the field? That's not, that doesn't sound like a very daddy thing to do. Let me tell you why theologians believe that. Because you need to understand, this is what we choose to do a lot of times. Because we don't understand we're leaving legacy. We're leaving the next generation to fight battles and issues that we aren't even aware of because you don't understand natural is not legacy, supernatural is. They believe that day, theologians have researched and out of the book of Psalms where it says, my father and mother have forsaken me and several other comments in the book of Psalms that David wrote about broken homes and issues in his heart. They believe that David was the product of an affair that his father had when he was growing up and had his boys. So David's dad was not proud of David. As a matter of fact, when people, but he had a, a responsibility to have to raise David, even though he was a product of what he's probably ashamed of or embarrassed of or, you know, thought that was a mistake. So when the godly man came up, of course, he hid his failure in the field, put what he thought God would use up. David's dad never dealt with his weakness. Days later, David finds himself in a kingdom, sitting on a throne. And the same thing that David's dad was battling, David found himself battling, sitting on a roof, looking at a woman that was not his wife. Called her over, the same generational curse that David's father, theologians believe, had in his life because his daddy didn't choose to break that legacy. You see it in David. Out of that became a product called Solomon. Years later, Solomon, sitting on a throne, smartest man in the world, had all the money in the world because he did not understand spiritual legacy. He didn't deal with the same weakness that his father had and his grandfather had. What took Solomon's glory and his fame name away was his lust for women. In each generation, it grew stronger. Now, I'm here to tell you this, dads. 
you're leaving in a spiritual inheritance. What you maybe can handle, I'm here to tell you, your kids can't. You may can handle a six-pack at home at night. Your kids can't handle it when they get to be 21. It's going to get worse with every generation. That's why Solomon went after a thousand wives. I'm here to tell you, though, your greatest mistakes will be the greatest opportunities for God to move through if you'll choose to change that legacy that you've always come through. God chose David, who would have been the least of the picked because it was the greatest shame in his life. I love that God can use my weakness and cause strength to come through. God used Solomon out of David's life because it was a failure. But when he was able to get it back right and repent before the Lord, Solomon became the next king, but they never dealt with the legacy that was left. I'm here to tell you, Dad, if you're looking at pornography and you've got a son, you're passing that legacy. If you're an alcoholic and you've got a son or a daughter, you're passing that legacy. Statistics will even tell you that in the natural. If you're, if you're here and you've got an anger issue, you're passing that. It's not okay to be what they've always been. Somebody has to stand up and say, you know what? I come from this, but no longer I'm going to be incredible. I'm going to be what God's made me, and it's going to stop now. Because more important than what you can leave is failure. You have the ability to leave supernatural power in a kid's life. My dad had issues that I don't have because he stood up and said, no more. It stops here. There's going to have to be men to understand that you're going to have to make a decision to step across the line. We're going to close with this because Bob's story didn't end there. As a matter of fact, if you're a parent, you probably sit in the theater in the last year and realize that there's a second chapter to this story. And I'm going to tell you where it starts off because the way it starts off is Bob decided to get it right. His family became what they were created to be. And then what happens is this. The generation after them had superpowers that none of them could imagine. Here it is.
something in somebody's life that either they're going to be incredible with and take it to another level or they're going to be exactly what you are and take that to another level. The choice is yours. God's called you to be incredible. He's made you incredible. You just have to decide to be incredible. Every man in here has the ability to do it. So how do you do it? Number one, this. You've got to be able to make the decision to show up. Number two, you've got to have the right people around you. Number three, you've got to keep the integrity. Do what you know is right when you know when to do it right. And number four is this. The Bible says that there was a group of people that died in a field. And they became dry bones. You say, but Cricket, my, I'm not incredible. My marriage is a dead is a graveyard. My job is a graveyard. My future is a graveyard. Everything around me is a graveyard. Well, this is the way you become incredible with the start today. Justin, you just did some amazing push-ups. You just did some amazing push-ups. When you did it, I decided you were getting $20 a piece. These are your 20s. All right? But they're going to be right here. And whenever you're ready, they're yours. You just got to go get them. But if you want to leave them, you can. But they're yours. It's totally up to you. No, they're yours. They're yours. That's That's your lunch today. That's your lunch today. They're yours. Because you were willing to do what you could... And then you were willing to keep doing and you were willing to get out. I'm here to tell you, the next step for you to do, you say, Cricket, well, how do I start? The Bible says there was a valley of dry bones and God took Ezekiel and put him in this valley and this is what he told him. Bro, do I got, y'all got two minutes, y'all got two minutes, I can show you this, this will change your life. Um, you help me. All right, the Bible says there's a group of me, come right up here. All right, I need, I need somebody else that'll do a good job with it. Um, Cliff, come on. Brother White, come on. All right, the Bible says there's a group of men. They were actually soldiers. They were Jewish soldiers that had a call of God on their life. And events happened in their life and they died. So what I want y'all to do is I want y'all to die well. Okay? So we're going to say die and y'all die. All right, give us your best, best death. All right, one, two, three, die, die. He died of old age, <laughs> for sure. All right. The Bible says God took Ezekiel and put him down in the midst of a room of a group of men that had died, and it looked like God had failed them, looked like God had given up on them, and looked like the promises that God had made to them was over. And that's what God told them to do. He said, prophesy. I'm here to tell you, if your life doesn't look incredible today, you've already showed up, you've already given your heart to God, you've already decided to do what you could You've decided you're going to live different than the world. But you still find yourself in this place. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to begin to prophesy. You say, well, Cricket, what is prophecy? Prophecy is simply you saying out your mouth what God has already said about your situation. And this is what he said. He said, 
who God said, who can raise these men from the dead? If you read it. And he said this. Ezekiel probably gave the greatest answer in the entire Bible. No one knows but you, Lord. You may, I'm here to tell you, if you've got to have all the answers before you start doing what God asks you to do, you are not going to get the life that God wants you to have because it takes incredible faith and you are an incredible being. But he said this, he says, only you know, Lord. And so the Lord said, Ezekiel, prophesy, command these bones to live. And so he said, bones, you begin to live. Spirit, you begin to move. And when he did, then bones started shaking. Come on, start shaking bones. Start rattling bones. Start coming alive bones. And when they began to speak the word of God into that situation, men of God began to rise out of what a graveyard used to be. And that absolutely is incredible. Give these men a big hand. They're incredible. We're done. Here's your chance. If you're here and you say, Cricket, I have not been living incredible because I've never decided to give God my life. I'm not living supernatural. Don't be a scaredy cat. Don't be a wimp. Get some backbone. You say, I'm ready to give my life to God right now. You raise your hand if that's you this morning. If you've not already made that decision, you raise your hand right now. It's going to change in this moment. Number two, if you're saying, Cricket, I want the incredible life. It just doesn't, hadn't materialized yet, but you're going to make the commitment that from this point on, I'm going to get in the Word and I'm going to find out what the Word says about my situation. I'm going to begin to speak it over my situation until the bones begin to shake and the men begin to rise and the life begins to live again. You start speaking over your marriage. I got the best wife in the world. God made her on purpose and she is the gift from God to me and she brings me joy. You find what God says. Jennifer has to find what the word of God says about me all the time. And you, if it's over your job, you start speaking the word of God over your life. You start prophesying because what comes out of your mouth will be what you live on this earth. Amen? If you speak the Word of God, that's what you have. I want to pray with those real quick. Those that are here, so that raise their hand. I want everybody to pray with me, but you know if you raise your hand, say, Dear Father, I make the decision to show up. And I ask you to be my Lord. I give my life to you, and I'm not going to live the way I used to be, but today is a new day. Tomorrow I will be different than I've ever been before. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. And I confess him as my Lord in Jesus' name. Now everyone else, every man in here, I want you to repeat this after me. Say, I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. My children are the seed of Abraham. They are the inheritance of the kingdom of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I will live long upon this earth. And I will declare the glory of the Lord every day that I am here. I thank you guys that if you decide to be incredible, you will live incredible because God's made you incredible. And thank you for celebrating Father's Day with us here at the Victory Church.